And the way we are different is we bear the image of God. I mean, other people bear the image of God, but we owe our lives to him. But, but basically what you... It sounds like someone's trying to get into Studio B here. What, what do we do with that? <laughs> You're listening to the Nameless Podcast of Castleberry, the show that exists to transform Castleberry by displaying the love of Christ, where we talk about the gospel in everyday language for everyday life. And now, here are your hosts, Matt West and Travis Benefield. Yes! This is the Nameless Podcast of Castleberry. I'm Matt West. I'm here with Pastor Travis. I'm here in person. I don't know how long, but I'm here. <laughs> it's approaching your bedtime, I say. Nap time. Yeah, nap time. Okay, there we go. When we talk about creation, we start with the very beginning. Creation. Creation. Talk about creation. It's just a couple chapters later where we have the fall of man and how we are cursed. And because we are cursed, a lot of people think the reason we have to work is because of the curse. But yet, working in the garden predated the curse. The curse made work difficult. It meant by the sweat of his face. A lot of people think it says sweat of the brow. I think the actual interpretation is sweat of the face, not the vernacular we use today. But man would have to work by the, by the sweat of his face. Work became difficult, but the work tending the garden was part of man's requirement before. So we have to work. And work to me, I, I love work. I'm, I'm just, I've been working my entire life. I, I love, I think work is great. I think, and yeah, I'm looking forward to retirement one day, but that don't mean I'm going to stop working. I'll be working for the Lord until he calls me home. I think that's the philosophy we have. Unfortunately, I don't think what you expressed is what the average American feels what the average American does. I think most Americans, I can only speak for America. It's the only country I've ever lived in. It may be that this is true across all cultures. I don't know. It may be that this is only true in America. Again, I don't know. But I believe that most people don't have that concept. The concept of I will work until I can't it may not be a paid position or whatever. I, I, I sent an article, which I know, you know, straight into the file. You, you, <laughs> like to, you like to quickly delete those. But this article about how Americans are valuing their retirement to such a degree that it's warping their ability to work and their ability to accomplish things. I agree. I mean, we see it in in, uh, in society every day. I mean, I own a business, and it's really hard to get someone to work. I mean, even before the pandemic, it was hard to get them to commit to a de- full days of work because they were always looking for something else a little easier. <laughs> people do, you know, people do understand they have to work. But they don't Some. want to work. Some understand that. Well, if you want to eat, you have to work. <laughs> well, the gap of eating, if you will, between those who work and those who don't has never been smaller. Like, the number of people who are working and struggling to get by is as big as the number of people who aren't working and are doing just fine in the eating department. It's becoming increasingly... 
Well, if, if we were to say what is the most famous, most quoted, most observed set of laws, we didn't pre-plan this, so I'm going to ask you, and I hope you give the answer I'm looking for, but what would you say is the most observed, famous, present set of laws that exist today in the world? Now, see, I was going to say the Ten Commandments. Oh, oh, well, you said laws in the world today. I, that's spiritual laws. All right, all right. <laughs> so I don't ask the questions, right? <laughs> but if you wanted to synthesize the whole truth of the Bible into a small set of rules, I think most people would Absolutely. say, oh, that's the Ten Commandments. Ten Commandments. So with that in mind, you are going to hear for perhaps the first time ever the West Theory on the Ten Commandments. <laughs> okay. This is just crazy enough. And I believe the Ten Commandments are a suzerain vassal treaty. It was, it was common in the ancient Near East where it starts by saying, and for those who don't know what suzerain vassal treaties are, we'll break down the word. Suzerain is where you have a authority figure. Vassal is you have the person that that authority figure protects and represents. And then you have treaty being what both sides get in the exchange. So the suzerain vassal treaty would say, I am the Lord your God, which have brought thee out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. So that's who I am. That's what I have done for you. Now here is what you owe me. And he starts with, thou shalt have no other gods before me. That's commandment one. And for those of you who are worried, don't worry, I'm not going to read or quote all 10 commandments. I'm going to start with that one because I believe that the first commandment, thou shalt have no other gods before me, is the one from which all the other commandments flow. And thou shalt have no other gods before me. That's it. And from that, how do you do that? The way most of us do it is graven images. And today, we don't usually make graven images. We normally idolize things. And I believe that in America, one of the biggest idols that people have is retirement. Oh, to wait for that day when I no longer have to work. When that day comes and I don't need to do anything, what a glorious day that will be. And I think that that is one of the biggest idols in the country today. Absolutely. It is an idol. I, I agree. A lot of people, that's what they look forward to. But then again, if you are serving Jesus, you never retire. If you are, are a part of it now, in our secular world, uh, you know, they have the system of that part that we follow, that, that which Caesar has set up. We will follow that program. But I believe in the scripture, we're, when it's talking about having idols there, we need to make sure that we don't just, you know, we, we serve a, a living God, one that don't ever rest, don't ever take a vacation. He's always there and we should be as he is. And, and in our spiritual realms, that's the way we are. In our physical, when we're in the world, we, we serve what Caesar has done. And yes, there is a retirement program there. It's established and established, but we shouldn't worship that. Just like we shouldn't worship the money that Caesar gives us. We shouldn't worship the things that the world offers us. We should only serve the Lord Jesus Christ. So I, I guess I, I can see how it could easily become an idol 
if our if we allow our thought, and I believe that's what Jesus is talking about whenever he's talking about, you know, uh, if you if you do it in your heart, you just as well have done it. So if you fall in love with retirement, yeah, and, and say, I'm not going to do another thing. I'm through with the entire world. I'm just going to vacation for the... Well, yes, this has become an idol to you. But then again, uh, you know, you've retired. You've retired completely. And there, there is scripture for retirement. You know, there's Numbers 8. You can go there and it talks about how people retire and uh, the age limit. Actually, retirement, I, I would rather have the biblical retirement program. You can retire at 50. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't think the number, the numerical age at which you retire is there. And, and I think you're, you're onto something here when you talk about differentiating between work looks different at 18 than it does at 70. Whether you recognize it as a retirement or not, what an 18-year-old does is much different than what a 70-year-old does. Now, there is some sort of a spectrum here. Typically, when 18-year-olds get jobs, they're not getting hired for their knowledge because they don't have a lot of it. Right. And that's not to be insulting. That's just, when I was 18, I got hired and I didn't know what I was doing. And I worked my way up and eventually became a manager at that job I had. But when I became a manager, I was much... I was much more prepared to do that than I was the day I was hired. And it wasn't that I was a harder worker, it was that I understood more things. And so the the type of work you do changes as you get older, and, and to not observe that would be silly. And some people retire. I just have found when people are doing things like writing a will, they are looking forward to the day where they no longer have to work. You say, okay, well that's fair. And it is. But then when they say, yeah, I, I don't want to have to work at all. I want. Why do you think that people who retire and do nothing die at a much more precipitous rate than those who continue to work or maybe take on a second career job or something like that? Well, and and you're right. I've I've seen that happen so many times. Correct. People have uh, they they they've worked hard all their life, and then they just can't wait for retirement day. And they hit that number sixty five or whatever it is. They they plan that day. They stop working, and then a couple of years later, they're you're you're reading in the obituary, and they deteriorate quickly. Yes. And, and I believe that's why the Lord wants us to stay active. He wants our minds active. He wants us working. And, and there's plenty of work in the church. If, you know, you don't have to have uh, anything else out there. Uh, but there's plenty of things that you could be doing for, the, for not the kingdom, but preparing people for the kingdom. Sound like a true overworked pastor. <laughs> you know, it but, is true. But to, to just, uh, just add a little bit more on the age differences, because uh, uh, just just couple of days ago, my wife and I were talking about it. I remember when I was a 16, 17-year-old boy working in the fields in South Georgia, I could go from 7 o'clock to 7 o'clock at night and work through the hottest part of the day. Yeah, and, and then it wasn't even, wasn't even <laughs> no problem. I didn't go out and do whatever I want to do. Right. I can't even work an hour in the yard now at the age of 64 without almost passing out and having to take 10 breaks. So yes, the body does take a toll. We're not the same as we used to be, but that does not uh, uh, tell us that, well, just because our, we're getting old that we don't need to be doing things. Absolutely. And, and again, God required Adam to toil in the garden. 
before the curse. The requirement to work is not part of the curse. Now, the, the reality that that work is difficult, that that work is cumbersome, that that work wears us out and we can't do it at all, that is part of the curse. Right. That's part of it. But and, and just to carry that curse a little further, Matt, I believe that when Adam sinned in the garden and he was he was made to till the dirt from the sweat of his face or brow, whatever yeah. you want to we say. We all say face of the sweat of the uh, brow, but it's just kind of whichever. funny, yeah. That curse is not over when you hit 65. It's only over Correct. when you enter a kingdom of God and, and you cross over Jordan and you're with Jesus. Now the curse is over for you. That's the only way it's complete. Well, not the only way. Uh, what most people think is a Christmas song, Joy to the World, the Lord has Come, Let Earth Receive Her King. I, I hate to break it to people. back to children's songs again. Well, I hate to break to people. That's not really a Christmas <laughs> No, <thing>. it's not. <laughs> uh, we, and people are like, oh, yeah, yeah, it's a Christmas. Well, first of all, it says, Let Earth Receive Her King. Okay. Well, yeah. But but if you read, No More Let Sin or Sorrows Go or Thorns Infest the Ground. Well, Jesus has been here. There's still thorns. <laughs> That's right. There's still sin. There's still sorrow. It's talking about the the consummation when Jesus comes back. Right. That's the world we're going to live in. So when Jesus comes again yes. to collect his bride, as you mentioned in our podcast last week, when when that happens, that that reality or when you die and and you that's when that curse is going to be lifted that's that's when you are no longer under the elements of the curse amen and i think we're still going to be working in heaven like i do too it, it's not going to be a bunch of people sitting around listening to golden harps being played no it has because to who's going to play the golden harp right on the cloud <laughs> i mean i'm not saying there will be no rest because even god as you said he doesn't have to rest he neither slumbers nor sleeps but when he created the earth, he created in six days, and on the seventh day, he rested. Even if you don't believe in six-day creation, you must accept that the scriptures say that after work, he rested. So I believe there will be rest in heaven, but I don't think we're going to be absent of work there. I think there will be plenty for us to do in heaven. Plenty for us to do. Plenty. I, I think it was, was it Jonathan Edwards who preached, What Will We Be Doing in Heaven?, and his theory is we will be doing a perfected version of what we do here on earth. Right. You know, to the person who, and uh, you know, I don't remember the specifics, but to the, but to the person who milks cows, they're going to be doing some perfected version of that. I don't know what that would be. But we know that we don't worship a lazy God. We worship a God who, after creating the world, uh, upholds it and sustains it and keeps it going. And because of this, I don't think we're exempt from work upon our graduation into right. glory. Well, I, I'm looking forward to that day of retirement. <laughs> and, and as, and as I, indeed you could. And I'm looking, and I'm, well, the retirement I'm speaking of is when I cross over to Jordan. Okay. There is, I, I believe, and I say it all, for, for a minister, a pastor, or even a lay worker in the church, 
I don't believe there is a retirement program. I don't, I don't read any of those programs in Scripture. Matter of fact, in the Scripture I quoted, I mentioned a while ago, uh, number, Numbers 8, it talks about the retirement program. It talks about the, the, the age group when you take over the temple and all. But it still says that one that's no longer doing it can still work in the temple. Right. And there's still work for him to do. It might not be the serving part, but there is something he can do. So, you know, we should be looking for things to do in the church. We should be looking. There is no retirement program in you. Some of the older people in the church, that's where we get most of our wisdom from, our, our knowledge. You know, the younger generation coming up, those people out there say, oh, no, I'm retired. I don't have... No, you don't know how much wealth you have for the kingdom. So begin to nurture these younger people coming along and sharing what you have. There is no retirement program. You've got a lot to offer. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think when we talk about the distribution of wisdom, when... Which is one of the things we're supposed to be doing. We're supposed to be studying. It doesn't say study until you reach a certain age. No. A friend of mine, Clay Maynard, he has a podcast of his own. And he said on it, If Bible study was just a word search, then we would all be theologians by the end of the week. But it's not just a word study. It's not just throw this word in a computer and see what the computer spits out. Being part of the kingdom mandates a continual effort to learn more about the king whose kingdom it is, the king whom we serve. And this is not accomplished by simply studying for four and a half years and then saying I've reached a goal. Now, our study may differ. There is a point at which our study differs. I, I am a huge fan of teaching children. I don't think that the things we are teaching children should be the same things we are teaching our senior citizens. Right. I think there is a natural, as we talked about, what you're capable of doing at one age is very different than another. And that's just evident by the fact, have you ever seen little kids, when they're, especially they're learning to walk, mm. they fall down? And they just get right back up. When you reach my age, you don't you don't get on the ground without a plan of how you're going to get back up. There you go. You gotta have that ready because if you don't have that exit strategy, you're you're toast. <laughs> but but I tell it's you, it's called roll over and climb up. <laughs> yeah, I just but my physical limitations are there, but yet the wisdom I have is greater than that of a two year old. Maybe not much. This is what we're looking to attain. This is what we're looking to study. And you mentioned, give to Caesar that which is Caesar, the allusion to the coin. Right. I think most people miss the whole point of this story. Because they, they, give, him, they give him a coin, and he says, give me a denarii. And he shows it to him and says, whose image does this bear? Caesar, well, they were saying, should we, ta should we pay taxes? And he pulls out the coin and says, whose image does this bear? What is the natural thought process they would have is whose image do you bear? Whose image do I bear? Because the coin bears the image of Caesar, so that's to Caesar. In our case, it bears the image of a president, so we give that to a president or the government that that president represents. Right. But whose image do I bear? Well, going back to creation, 
Yeah. I bear the image of God. So my whole self, who do I owe that to? That I owe to God. And that's the point. I think most people miss that. Yeah, we got to pay taxes, give to Caesar, not which is Caesar. But what's the second half of that phrase? Give unto God the things which are God's. Right. And what bears the image of God? I do, my whole self. Right. We I do. owe that to God. We owe ourself to God. And it's so important that we understand we have to be able to divide the... What's it? We're, I heard Bachman saying it this week. <laughs> we're in the world, not of the world. Correct. We have to be very careful because it sort of tries to bleed into each other. And, it, and, and there can't be a bleed over. It has to be a complete sever. We have to be separate from the world. Yes, we're, we're, we're in, in the, the world, world, but we're not of the world. So we have to, we have to understand we're going to be holding Caesar's coins we're going to be doing that, but it can't be our idol. It can't be something that, that that that's all that we exist for because they, you know, they make us, you know, that's that's the way it is. We have to understand we are the image of Christ. Correct. And we need to follow Christ and and not follow the world. But yes, we're here, and but we have to we in our own minds in our own who we are. We got to learn to put that divide in there, and we can't bleed over. You know, we can't get in. There's no gray area either. It's a it's a solid line. And we're either with Christ or we're against Christ. And if we're following the world's tradition, so when you get back to, we, you know, when you mentioned to me, we were going to be talking about retirement today. And, uh, you know, and people getting retirement, looking forward to the retirement program. You know, it, it is, and it is a part of the world. And, and we're there. But if it becomes your main focus and you say, I can't wait to get there and then I don't have to do nothing else, well, you're wrong. We still bear the image of God. We still do. We still bear that image. So, so yes, we may no longer have to you know, go to work. We may no longer have to clock in. But we still, are requ- we still bear the image of God. Mm-hmm. You, uh, people like to quote the Great Commission, go ye therefore into all the world, preach the gospel, and every creature, baptize them. And, and that word go is correctly translated an ongoing present imperative, meaning as you are going throughout the world, preach the gospel of a creature. So it's, it's of course we're going to go. It, of course we're going to exist in the world. But we should be different, as you said. Yeah. We owe to him the fact that, yes, the coin is Caesar's. Right. Or in our case, the United States government. It says on there, right, currency of the United States for all debts, public and private. But what do what what do we say? Well, there is an image bearer. There is a person who reflects God in his very image and owes to God his life. People, again, I I, I know I've said this, but I just can't get over. I think people miss the point. When they only say, give to Caesars the things that are Caesars. Yes, that's true. We give to Caesar the things that are Caesars. When we're taxed, when there are laws that don't command us to do something that is against the Bible, right. we follow those we laws. Follow. We do that. But that's only half of the equation. And to me, the less important half, <laughs> the, the second half, or the more important half, give unto God the things which are God's. That's the call. That's the thing. That doesn't end at 50 or at 65. And and I don't believe it ends at our death. 
We continue to worship and serve God after this world. That's right. I do have some friends out there like that. You know? But anyway. I've Should we compare to... lists? See who's got the longer list? I, I ran into a few guys in the past month or so, a couple of months, that really illustrate this so good. A, 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 a young man, not a young man, he, he's, he's a senior man, came right here to this church. An insurance guy that had worked in the insurance business all of his life, and now he's retired from the secular world and he says, now what I want to do is help people in the church get insurance programs and teach them. And he came and sat here with me for hours and did not charge a dime to show me exactly how. Just this past week, I had a gentleman come by the church, a retired electrician. He said, and he told me, he said, I've just retired. He says, I'm through with electrical work. He says, but I'd like to work with electricity. And so he says, uh, anything you need to do in the church, if I'm available, I want to come and do it for you, and I won't charge you a dime. So you see, your talents that you learn in the world, you can use in your retirement age and continue to work for the Lord. These are just two examples of what it means. Uh, he, every one of them says, I'm retired in the world, but I'm not retired from God's world. Right. They're still working in the church. Not only with this electrician doing that, he's, he's helping take care of a home for uh, domestic uh, abused women. He's there taking care of that, doing all their electrical work, setting them mm-hmm. up, doing that kind of things. And, you know, that, that amazes me. So when we think about what we can do in our senior years, let me use that word, senior years, uh, it's amazing what you can do for the kingdom of God. I truly believe there is no retirement program in God's eyes. Uh, he's not looking for retired people. He's looking for committed people. Yeah, kingdom work continues. And again, I am not suggesting we don't hit an age where it's like, I can no longer do. I can no longer, pre- let's say pastor, you're a pastor. There's going to be a day where preparing a sermon every week will become taxing. There's going to become a day where, <laughs> no, it's not today. No, not today. There's going to be a day where pastoring the the sheep in your flock, where you have to visit them, is not going to be as possible for you. You are not going to be able to minister to them in the same way. And when that day comes, I'm not suggesting to say, oh, you can't retire. Of course, retirement is a reality. But that retirement does not equal the absence of work. The retirement is, part of it is you will change, but there is no cessation, if you will, of doing the Lord's work. Right. Well, let let me just read you here, uh, talking about doing the Lord's work. I love how you have that newspaper. That's awesome. (laughs) Here it is. It says here in Numbers 8, Uh verse 23, Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, This is what pertains to the Levites. That's preachers. Right, right, right. Gotcha, gotcha. From 25 years old and above, one may enter into the perform services in the work of the tabernacle of meetings. And at the age of 50 years, they must cease performing this work and shall work no more. Verse 26, they may minister with their brethren in the tabernacle of meetings to attend to the needs, but they themselves shall do no work, 
Thus, you shall do to the Levites regarding their duties. That is what the Lord says that they're doing. Now, what I love about this is I've served the church for, for a long time. And now I've got men coming up like Pastor Randy and Brother Matt that are coming in, filling in and helping me out. You know, it's not as taxing as it used to be because now we're working together. And I was looking for retirement. Now I'm not looking for retirement anymore. <laughs> I have gotten another wind. We understand that work changes. We understand that God did not create us to sit in the same place, do the same job forever. That right. that would would not make sense. But what we also understand is that our call to work and serve the Lord our God continues beyond a given age. Pick the age of your preference, and it goes beyond that. The command to serve, I don't even think goes away in heaven. Maybe this is, that's a discussion for another podcast. Maybe yes. we need to talk about that. But I just, I think as we serve God, the methods may change, but we are required to do it throughout our days. Right. Do you have any closing remarks for your minions, Pastor? Well, yes, I do. Retirement, yes, is part of the secular world, but I still believe that God does not want us to be lazy at all, even Amen. in the secular world, even in the spiritual world. He wants us busy with our hands. He wants us moving forward because I believe uh, an idle mind is what? The workshop of the devil. So we don't want to sit back and say, okay, I'm, you know, that's, that's not what he wants. He wants us moving forward. So for those in the church, those in the world, those are listening to us, by the way. We encourage you to, to email us, send us something, let us know that, uh, what you want to hear sometime. And uh, we'll, we'll try to pick out something, a topic that would, would please your ears. Not tickle them, but please your ears. All right. Well, this has been the NPC. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Nameless Podcast of Castleberry, the show that exists to transform Castleberry by displaying the love of Christ, where we talk about the gospel in everyday language for everyday life. Follow us online at npc.expert, and be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode.